Yo, it's Jav. So on the last episode, I missed a few of the the bad words that should have been bleeped out. And this week, I do not have time to go through and edit them all out. So if you're under 18, please do not listen to this episode. If you're over 18, please enjoy the last episode of this year in an interview with my great friend, Griffin, aka D-Rage, aka The Goat. Welcome to The Decent Takes Show. was crazy this is probably the most socially distant show that i've done <laughs> so far probably the furthest reaching because right now you're all the way out in michigan gross yeah, yeah. for gross. a minute disgusting it's, i'm not saying i enjoy it but <laughs> is it snowing it's there? good to yes yeah it's Ooh, been snowing i can't I'm, relate shit i dropped i jumped on the plane when it was 75 so <laughs> um this ain't it for me but so as of now so for the uh the people who don't know this is not, that's not Davey. That's not Jonah. This is, should I call you D-Rage or Griffin? Uh, nowadays, I prefer Griffin, I guess, but D-Rage <laughs> is cool too. I'll call you Griffin. So uh, me and Griffin met way back, way back in the day. What were you, like 12, maybe? I was mad young, you mad the, young. You were the first person I've met that I can think of that I was a fan of before I met them. So, Yo, that's so, so crazy. <laughs> so I met- You never said that. I met Griffin because he's a drummer and I watched his drum videos on YouTube. Well, okay, at first I was like, man, it's just another musician in Bay City. I was like, it's going to be trash. <laughs> and then I clicked it. What, I can't uh, remember what song it was. But you hated the video. You ended up taking it down. But I thought it was dope. Took all that shit down, man. <laughs> it was all dope, too. I don't know why you took yeah. it all down. Um, hey, shout out, shout out my childhood friend, Steven. Steven Axtell. We used to be... I Your childhood actually, friend. That was my childhood friend. Low key, everyone's childhood <laughs> friend, man. He's a, such a cool dude, dude. I remember I just actually was on my uh was I saw an old Facebook post that popped up the other day, and it was literally me, and I, I was like 12, and I said, waiting for Steven to come over to shoot for YouTube. Oh, was he doing your videos? Like, yeah, he was shooting. We were for a while, like we were gonna so that's who I was gonna start doing that with was was Steven. So shout out him, man. He's been a friend for a long time you know i didn't even know that you knew him until this very moment that's my bro man i i still i still try to keep in contact with all the homies that i i really feel like are, are still putting a lot of cool things into the world and he's one of them so yeah he was the first person yeah. i did a um live instrument piece with he played a really guitar and yeah uh, i did some hip-hop over it this is way yeah, back. He's so talented. <laughs> he he's, is. Yeah. Underrated. One of my favorite sure. people. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By a landslide. So uh, you then moved on to produce a lot of music for me. I was looking yeah. through how much stuff you produce for me, and it is actually like an insane amount. It should be more, but yes. It should be, but for it. So we should have albums right now. <laughs> by now. <laughs> That's true. It's at the point where it's like, okay, so when I go through the credits of my music, I'm like, okay, so this person um, produced this, this person produced that, and then Griffin did the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but you've been I slacking mean, lately. Yo, I mean, that's it's <laughs> funny that you, you get me on here now because I've been, it's funny, it's like, I feel like I have been, I have been slacking. I did drop Lucy's 4, which was just, that's always just been a thing that I love to 
to put well, into well, tell the them world. What, tell them what Lucy's is. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, Lucy's is basically a beat tape idea that I started um, probably four or five years ago. I can't remember now, honestly. It, but it was basically, I hated, I still hate the idea of of sitting down to like it's funny because i went to school to be an audio engineer but i hate i hate the idea of sitting down to mix beats and just like <laughs> i feel like i feel like i just want to put stuff out into the world that's just like how it how it kind of sounds when i was making it like if it's muddy or it's just but whatever whatever the feeling was that i had when i made that beat that really connected with me that's what you're getting when you listen to these beat tapes and it's not it's not me putting a bunch of processing on it to make it sound like you know, this, this extravagant thing. It's just like straight exported out of FL studio, the emotion I was putting into it. Um, so yeah, I, those, those beat tapes have just been like SoundCloud things that I've been doing, um, for a bit, whenever I really feel like I've got some material sitting that, that needs to be put out. So that, that was just something that honestly, bro, like when I did Lucy's one, like that was really just what made me feel like the small town I was in actually had something to be interested in like i yeah. you know i was like maybe i have something here that people can connect with and you know there those you know beat like making beats and stuff led me to a lot of places i don't i don't do it as much now just because i i've got a lot of other things going on in my life um music wise but that that'll always be something i feel like i'm i'm always going to be like you know what why do i why don't i just make another beat tape with some material i've been working on and just see what people think of it so that's that's what lucy's essentially is so i remember i uh, what which one did you did you do live stream for both three and four or did you just do it for three that was that was an idea for four recently um because of kind of like quarantine inspired i guess like i've never really i don't know man i was just talking about this with someone the other day i've never really been someone that's like fascinated with like the internet and being online and being like somebody that has to like you know, find a way to make money or anything with like followers or, or anything like that. Like, I understand it's a huge part of our, of our uh, world that we live in now. And I would never neglect it by any means. Um, it's just not something that right now I'm like loving wanting to be obsessed with. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like once quarantine started, I was like sitting, um, actually I, I flew back from California and lived with my girlfriend for a bit. And I was just kind of like putting, I think putting Lucy's together kind of and had the idea for the fourth one sitting for a bit. And then it was kind of like, what can I do to like kind of still be the person that like kind of just is not obsessed with anything social media or being like an online presence or just anything, just, you know, like being organic still. And it was like, why don't I just try to like do a Twitch stream or something? Like, I don't even care if one person watches when I'm doing it. It's just like, let me just, it was, it was cool, man. It was popping It in was there. cool. It made, it made me feel like, you know, like people still kind of, you know, like care about like what, what, uh, I was trying to do here in Bay city, Michigan for a while. And, uh, yeah. So it was, it was just kind of like, yeah, that was Lucy's four recently. And, uh, yeah, it was cool, man. You know, it's like, it, like I said, I, I think a lot of what we, what I had going and what the people I was around when I was living here had going on, maybe, in a way now, especially with quarantine, but in a way has like kind of fizzled out, not in a bad way, just we've all kind of, you know, life takes you on these weird like journeys and stuff. And you don't really know exactly where it's going to go. But, you know, to have people that I was cool with 
when I really felt like I was part of the music scene in the small town, pop in and say what's up and still be like kind of interested the in music the music that I started. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> y'all, I swear um, y'all hate me for saying that, but I'm sticking to my guns, bro. I hear you, bro. Like <laughs> nobody knew. I love you. Nobody knew CNC. Ooh, I guess now everybody knows it as Indie Spot, but when we were still in Charles's yeah. basement, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean Indie Spot but, was you know Rage Radio, like that's what was crazy not- is that um it, it was like the East Side and the West Side are two different worlds, right? So there was music going on on the West Side that the East Side didn't know about, and there was music going on, on the East Side that the West Side didn't know about, and it seemed like there were these these two completely distinct different worlds that at some point in 2013 through 2015 collided and like changed music in the city forever. Like Mm -hmm. now it's like everybody's (laughs) a rapper, everybody's a singer, everybody's getting studio time, which is a good thing in theory. Um, (laughs) But it's also, uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing it. Yeah. I I enjoy seeing all these people trying it and and doing something. And it's just cool Mm -hmm. to see what consistent people come out of that ringer. Um, Yeah. And it's just dope. So speaking of Rage Radio, is that still going? Yeah, I mean, I, l- I like to feel like it is, man. It's it's so crazy. Like, I, I would never talk down on and anything that ever happened in my life. I feel, like, I feel like there's a lot of things that maybe started and ended, whether it be music relationships or or business relationships, like, like you know, like a Rage Radio. But um, I would I would say as, as of now, Rage Radio maybe is at a halt just because you know my good friend willie who was also my business partner starting that and um me and him are just in two it feels like totally two separate worlds right now and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say like i said i dude i don't regret anything about anything like i just live life and and if it happens it happens um but yeah i think i think like as as a entity i think if willie was to call me today and be like, yo, like, I really think that we can continue to do this in a, in a special way. It would be, it, it is a thing. And I, so yeah. I think the idea of rage radio is always going to be in the ether, um, floating around. It's just more so, um, more or less like when exactly do we feel like it'd be the perfect time to reintroduce that in a, in a new and creative way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, creatives in general are always looking for these new endeavors to jump into and these new um, spaces to jump into. Like, I would say that, you know, when we were still living in the city, both of us, nobody would have thought you'd be in L.A. Uh, I mean, I would have, but, <laughs> you know, nobody I thought you'd have, you'd have been in L.A. doing your thing and that I'd be podcasting uh, for a majority yeah. of what I'm doing. I mean, I'm still making music, but I haven't put mm-hmm. out anything that I've recorded for some reason. You know, okay, one second. You know, um, I don't I don't know if you experience the same thing, but when you create a bunch of stuff and you just don't put it out. Yeah. And I've, at a certain point, if it's old to you, and so you're like, there's no point in putting it out, but you have to remember that it's new to everybody else, but it just doesn't new. it doesn't click. <laughs> I yeah. Think that's I mean, at. I feel like I feel like honestly, dude, like that's it's funny because like, you know, moving to LA, going to school in Arizona and, and moving to LA has been like this huge shift where like before I went to Arizona, I really felt like I was going to keep producing 
and and being somebody that was going to be around artists all the time and really just like be this coach to a lot of people like i was really trying to cultivate in my in back in our hometown yeah um and i and i still feel like i i'm in search of that every day and it, and it gets better and it gets worse and it gets better every day just you know with this quarantine it's kind of like let's see where it goes from here right now but um yeah i mean i was in the, i'm in that same boat man like i i have some stuff sitting on a hard drive and a lot of what i've been doing since moving to la has kind of been like let me be I'm surrounded by a lot of songwriters and people that are are successful in the field of like solo being artists and song I mean like yourself you're a solo songwriter and you know rapper and everything that comes with being Javon Marshall which is a <laughs> ton of things um but you know like yeah I I feel like every creative kind of you know kind of suffers the like well, this is old, but like, yeah, I think you just have to keep in mind that like, as soon as somebody hears that song for the first time, that's, you know, they are zero seconds old when that song is, right. is new to them. You know what I mean? So it's, so it's always new. What, what inspired you to choose LA coming out of crass? Cause you can enter anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it was, it's funny because I kind of got, I don't talk about it a lot because it's just such a like almost NDA protected kind of job that I have now. And it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's so beautiful to be able to work and do what I do. Yeah. Don't get yourself um, in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, but no, I think generally to like answer your question, I think LA was kind of the thing that I always envisioned for myself one way or another from very young age honestly mm -hmm. like it wasn't it wasn't even really it wasn't a question for me when i left home to go to to go into a, a, a field like the one that we both wanted be in around like it's i think la was just kind of like the thing i had to do it wasn't even like a choice it was just like i have to go and and chase that and to an extent i'm still chasing it it's still you know like every time i wake up where i live i I'm, it's kind of like a dream come true really and like that you know the fact that i knew from so early that la was gonna be a dream for me and that if i was able to obtain it in a in a you know um good way for myself in a way that i would go out there and be able to work and and you know be able to survive and just like be around people that i love to be around and stuff and be around creative people like i feel like it was gonna be a good thing no matter what so it was like it was kind of a no brainer. Like it's, you know, there's so many places in this country that, you know, you know, like thousands of spots that have just amazingly creative people that have nothing but a laptop. And, you know, like there's a part of me that absolutely loves that part mm. of what we do too. Yeah. But I feel like I felt like LA was just like this thing of like, well, that's where it's happening. That's where like the beast is. That's where like it, you know, if you're going to get, chewed up and spit out somewhere i felt like i was i'd be fine with it more so if i was to go somewhere like la and and have that happen where i'm just like absolutely trying my hardest and it just doesn't work out or Instead whatever like i felt like city utah like yeah <laughs> i tried like, my hardest in like, utah and didn't make it yeah 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 it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna go somewhere traditionally in a music field or entertainment field like that i, I just felt like you know if i'm gonna if i'm really gonna put up everything i have into what i love to do it's gonna be in la and that that was a no-brainer for me so i as people know on this show i have a general disdain for california 
Um, it's just not my place. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's the paying for grocery bags or if it's <laughs> just me being cheap. Uh, the parking. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. Um, what yeah. What was LA like the first day that you was it? The first day that you moved there was it like this surreal feeling being being the small town guy? I mean, you did have a little buffer with Phoenix, but LA is mm-hmm. a different beast. What did it feel like to land in LA? That or did you drive there? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I drove what did there. it feel like to get to LA and, and get settled? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was kind of like I had I had flown there before to visit, um, you know, Adam, our our mutual friend mm-hmm. from also our hometown, Adam Wilson. One uh, of the goats. The truly, I mean, absolute truly, goats. Truly, one At, of- like truly one of the goats of our small town music scene like that where we are from like start has start started a lot for me like put me into a mindset that i will never forget in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I was like so i i had went out there and knew that it was this spot that i just really loved and just had so like it just it has the absolute craziest energy of anywhere ever i've ever been you know um and to be finally arriving there with the full intent of of getting into the music scene which was is just enormous and almost unfathomable um it it was it was definitely like surreal and i kind of had to like take just the first couple weeks to even like just put myself into a mindset of like i'm actually here and it's time to like really get to what i'm getting to yeah uh in my life um but you know regardless of like any music stuff or anything it was just like an absolute dream to be where i always thought i would be man like it's just it's like it's just you it's no better feeling than actually like really envisioning yourself somewhere and then you just kind of like through hard work and just the natural luck of of being in this world and just wanting something and actually getting it it was it's like the coolest feeling even i mean like i said i still wake up every day every day and and just kind of like have to realize that that's where i'm at and it like grounds me a lot but it also makes me feel like i'm i'm kind of doing something right with what i'm trying to do for sure so i mean we we, we're we're both well aware that there are a lot of people who you know talk about it and don't do it and so to see you doing it is is so cool and i think that a lot of people see people like you or like me who got out of the city and they they think that they can't do it but in reality a lot of it is just taking these big risks and hoping that they work out because realistically neither one of us knew when we moved out here to the west how it would work out <laughs> we're like hey, no absolutely if all not. else fails we'll go back <laughs> yeah i mean honestly dude like i i know i always i always have the option to go back and it you know, it's, it's like very reassuring to know that like, there is that like safety net, but like, I have a large part of me that like really is going to do every, absolutely everything in my power to not have to go back, like just in life in general. Like I don't, I don't want to be like backpedaling in any way, whether it be in like music and the music I write or the people I work with, or, or just like, who I begin to surround myself with, like 
you know, it's it's all up to like everyone's own opinion of what backpedaling is to them and stuff. But sure. I I just felt I just feel like there is no part of me that really does want to like look back on anything, and it's you know the way that my life is going so far is has made me not want to look back, and yeah. it's it's a great feeling. What's the what's the best part of L.A. and the worst part of L.A. If you're if mm. you're to say because I heard here here's my perception of L.A. I heard that they have incredible food, and that the worst part is the parking, um, traffic, and then the newest one is the constant shutdown because <laughs> COVID. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, t- like best part to me, man, is is just like I'm. I don't know. I'm a very like big person of like energy and just like believing that like you know, being in a different room with a different group of people can bring about a whole different type of energy within you. And, and, you know, like being in, being in a different city, like LA is just like this huge, like energy shift for me. And like, so I think that would be the best thing is like, I, I, I like the first day I moved there, man, I just felt like I kind of was like, like busting, like the wrapping paper off of like, I like new life present whatever you know it's just a weird feeling of like this is partially like what i've always wanted you know like i keep saying it's just like the best part for me was just like realizing that like i you know there is a part of me that can really do anything and it it's all about how far you want to push it yeah so you know to answer your question yeah i think the best part is like the the energy switch that comes about being somewhere like la and just having that culture shock really and the worst part um yes traffic for me for the first (laughs) year of living in la was garbage because i was i was living in east la and i work in malibu um and for anybody that lives in southern california knows that's an absolute fucking hike (laughs) Um, and i was driving like through very terrible traffic like two hours one way to work and just like awful um but you know i i think the the worst thing for me some you know i don't see it maybe as much but you know a lot of people talk about like the homeless scene is really bad and it really kind of puts a damper on my mood just because i i just care about people so much and i just hate to see anybody like struggling so hard and just having no hope for the next day um so that kind of puts a damper on it, but yeah. I, and, and the price, man, like I, like, I'm like you, like I'm, I'm a, my girlfriend hates sometimes how much of a penny pincher I am. And just, <laughs> That's I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, but like, I just, I just feel like there's, I, I just have this weird feeling of like, I'm always going to have to like dump money into something, whether it be like another move, if I just really don't like California yeah. or like my music career or so for me to have to like, you know, I live in a beautiful home and a beautiful area now but you know it, it's it's just kind of like the thing of like what you are paying now if you're paying that in a separate state that's a lot less expensive you could be getting a lot more out of it or you know better quality of life or but again this this is all thing that's got all things that are kind of like looking back or like trying try not to like backpedal on like well should i be paying this much like you're here already like just yeah. keep well, moving the, forward the hard thing is that even though you could pay less somewhere else, which is really my philosophy, pretty big on California. Um, but in the same in the same way, somebody could say I pay way too much for what I could have in 
the middle of nowhere. And and the difference is, right. is that even though you could pay less somewhere else, you're going to pay more in 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 your mind and in your brain, emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically thinking about what you could have been doing or the fact that you're not doing what you want to be doing. Because you could, yeah, you could save $3,000 a month moving to Kansas, but what would you do in Kansas right. <laughs> in comparison to what you're doing in L.A.? Uh, so yeah. I think in the in the lens that you're looking through, the the cost justifies the dream that you're living, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It um, does. So speaking of high prices, I think that music is one of the most expensive um, things to be into. Maybe outside I can't disagree. Of, <laughs> maybe outside <laughs> of cars. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> What is the most expensive piece of equipment that you have in your studio? In your in your in your own studio? Yeah, I I think either man, I I love I love Alchemist and I love Kanye a lot and they inspired me to buy a, a real MPC 2500 which oh I think I've shown you. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um but that's like my baby. It's like one of my centerpieces of like when I'm in like a mood to make beats and yeah. that was not cheap. Um, I just got some new Neumann speakers like recently that mm. sound incredible that I've been doing a lot of like mixing on that are absolutely not cheap. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, like you said, it's, it all kind of like factors in it's all, it's all kind of not like it's a lot of people would probably see what I've spent and put into my studio and just like even like the career like of moving and like doing all this stuff and they would be like, Oh my God, what are you thinking? Um, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say the MPC is, is your, is is your baby. Yeah. That's my baby. And it is also like something that if it dropped on a flight of stairs, I probably would never recover (laughs) ever in my life. I feel that. that. That's fine. The Mm -hmm. reason why I ask is because I think that a lot of people, could be you well you, you mentioned earlier about people who you know they're just grinding they have their laptop and their blue uh, snowball microphone and just kind of doing their thing but i think that the longer you're into music the more and more expensive things get i remember sure. so do you remember the m audio speakers i had in bay city yeah i kept those all the way up until maybe two years ago and i upgraded mm-hmm. to the krk rocket uh g4s the five inch. And I was like, this is too expensive <laughs> for my taste. Right. And then oh my God. as I was building, cause this is the first time I've had the space to actually build out the studio. And now I'm like deep into it. And I'm like, if somebody were to sit down with me and like, look at all this stuff, like, this is, this is too much for what they would say is a hobby. <laughs> yeah. um, but for yeah. us, it's the thing that keeps us back at center. Right. Mm-hmm. Like without Absolutely. it, it would, I don't think that anybody would like us without our music. Yeah. Like if we were torn That's away funny. from it. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's like something I kind of think about is like, you know, like just where exactly my mindset would be without being so like overly obsessed with this because yeah. it's just kind of something that like I never felt like I made the choice to do anything I'm doing right now. Like whether it be, you know, working with people or just trying to like cultivate a music scene in our hometown or like, it just, it just is all like falling into it kind of stuff. And just, you know, but yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I, 
I really don't want to think about how much money I've spent just chasing, you know, what it, whatever the end goal is with what I'm trying to do with music. Well, the thing is that there, there really doesn't have to be an end goal, in my opinion, when you're looking at something that brings you that just inherently brings you a joy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know that there we well, we both know that there's a risk involved with being a creative. The risk is that we throw away what is logical and jump at what is risky, but makes us happy, so to speak. Um, And that no matter how much money you put into your creation or how much money you put into your home setup or your commercial setup later on, um, it will it, it will be worth it because of the sanity that you kept. <laughs> because I think yeah. that there are a lot, and we, I talked about this on a few episodes ago. We we called people and we said, well, we asked them, what is something that you wish that you were doing that you're not doing, and why are you not doing it? And a lot of people pretty much just said that they weren't doing it just because, or just because they didn't have the time or didn't have the will to do it and stuff like that. Mm. But the when we have the will to do it and, you know, we focus in on what we want, we get to live this life that to us is glamorous. Now, if you look at it analytically, like, oh, maybe not, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but we don't need a million views to release the stress and to spread the love of which we exactly. do through music, um, which is something that I just don't know if other people can feel unless they've been there. Like everybody has mm -hmm. something that they're passionate about. But not everybody does it to the extent to which creatives do. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. I mean, it does, man. I, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I just have been, like, a lot of, like, recently what's ha been happening to me getting into my actual career in music is, is just kind of, like, it's just been such a source of, like, other... Um, other avenues of creating happiness as well. Like, it's it's kind of like the snowball effect really of just like, you know, you wake up every day and you kind of are seeing some kind of movement in maybe being, just being a creative, like any, any movement in our careers, you know, whether it be people getting into your music or just like, a, you know, your podcast or like an album that you worked on, like any of, you know, that all feels great and, and everything. But I, I think like, I think you're you're super right on the fact of like if you can keep your just your sanity in any way and I, I think that's gonna it's gonna snowball so much and I think like everything that I've done so far has just been like a giant snowball of me being like this brings me so much happiness and like I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of stuff snowball onto each other and it's just brought like so many like I guess you would say like luck lines of like I'm just so happy doing this that people almost see that and it, it just continues to bring more happiness. And, and it all started from like literally a laptop in FL studio. And it's insane to think about that sometimes, but it, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question. I have a drumming question. You, you still, you still drum? You, you still got it in you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I come on, bro. <laughs> right. No, yeah, I, love it here's my drumming question so i'm yeah. obsessed with the drums but my problem is i don't have a drum set and i've i have these two rival these rivalry opinions and i'm hoping that this conversation is something that somebody else is thinking the same thing of i have another thing that i want to ask you but 
I don't know if it's who cares. I'll probably ask you anyway. It's just decent takes. Um, so as far as drumming, if somebody is to learn, is it more difficult to no, let me how do I ask this question? So is there is it wrong to learn on an electric set rather than an acoustic set? That's however that's a you feel way. like learning. Now I do, feel like however you feel like learning. Do they do they transfer? I, I would yeah, I would I would say, you know, technique and you know, like I I I went to, you know, middle school and learned from in my opinion, one of my favorite people I've met, which was my my drum teacher and I don't in remember teaching you drums. Yeah, well, <laughs> I missed out. Uh but I you know, so like I feel like when I was young and playing, I just got obsessed with like the technique part of it and 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 being like, how do I honestly like hold this stick in a way that I can play for hours and not get calluses every single day and just build up the endurance and stuff. But yeah, I think like if if you're somebody that jumps on an electric kit and it's so funny because it's just like people don't ask me a lot of drumming questions anymore. For, so thank you. I don't. That's not even well, like a topic. I, I, that I knew comes you as up. a drummer first. Yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> drummer's it's, rage, so, <laughs> and then yes. you just kept shortening it. Drummer's rage, uh, yeah. D rage. Now I'm just like, rage. now I'm just like, listen, <laughs> yeah, listen. Like some more stuff's coming under other names, but yeah, it's it's whatever. But uh, yeah, man, I I think if you're somebody that's honestly just passionate about any instrument, any way you can find technique, and any way that you can find and generate like the love of playing that instrument, it's always going to transfer to however if you're if you're somebody that practices you know on your knees like just playing with sticks and you don't even have a pad i feel like eventually once you finally get to the point where you can play on a drum set or an electric kit or whatever or just have a pad like you're gonna be like oh, okay cool like i'm i'm somewhat there yeah do you yeah. think the i think the biggest thing probably would be the dynamics of it keeping mm -hmm. everything at the right volumes as you're playing it because i don't know yeah. how good the velocity is on an electric kit. It's probably better the more expensive you go. They're I'm, beautiful nowadays. I'm assuming. I mean, if yeah. I go into Guitar Center or Sam Ash and grab like a $95 electric kit, I'm sure it'll be very different from an actual You might be stuff. a little bit disappointed. <laughs> you hit it? You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might be like, well, maybe I should spend more than 95 yeah. But that's our... That, that's the thing, man. It's like it is an expensive hobby, but well, I, it's passion driven. I have learned in a weird way that the more this is going to sound so bad, but the more expensive the instrument is, a lot of the times the easier it is to play or to learn on 100%. like yeah, acoustic. Yeah. I was learning on a Washburn, like $300 guitar. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like I learned it quickly, but I quickly outgrew it. And within three months, I already wanted to get rid of it because I was like, this thing sucks in comparison to what I mm -hmm. thought it was going to be. And then I've slowly, not even slowly, I jumped from freaking that Washburn to a Martin and I play a baby Taylor. And it's like night and day, the differences in them. Same thing with yeah, electric, yeah. I had an Epiphone, um, Epiphone, whatever it was, trash cans. Now I have a Charvel, which I'm learning mm -hmm. on, trying to learn on. Um, yeah. So I think that the more you spend in a lot of the instrument spaces, the easier it is to learn or the more, maybe it's the more you want to learn because you've spent so yeah. much money on it. 
I don't. I think if the if the will to learn when you first begin isn't fully there, handing somebody a Fender Custom Shop guitar isn't really going to do a lot for them if they just honestly don't love playing guitar yeah. on a hundred and fifty dollar Amazon guitar. So, yeah. but that's just my opinion. It's all it's all passion, man. That that's what music well, is. I remember I wanted to learn acoustic in tenth grade, and. I actually, so it's kind of funny. I stopped learning it because my housemate at the time, what? Well, well, I lived with. Do you remember I lived with Warren? Um, well, I moved very in, briefly, yeah. Yeah. So I moved in with them, uh, junior year maybe. And uh, when I was learning acoustic, he started to learn acoustic too. And then I just felt like it was a competition. I was like, ah, I don't feel like competing. Like when I come home, so I stopped, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then didn't learn until six years later. Yeah. I think part of that was seeing seeing you being able to jump from instrument to instrument to instrument in your production um, because I didn't even know you were playing live for a pretty long time that you were playing a lot of the live sounds. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't yeah. until I went to your apartment here in Phoenix. No, I knew before that, but you picked up the electric and started playing and I was like, I forgot that how good you are at just jumping from instruments because <laughs> it just makes sense. It's it's. Yeah, man, it's just, it's just passion. It's just literally like, yeah, it's like nowadays, like, you know, we can talk about it more, but like I'm fully learning everything I can about every part of making music because I absolutely love doing it. And it's like, there's just so many like cultures involved with like instrument playing too. Like guitar players are like a whole breed of people, like piano players uh, are a yeah. breed of people. And it's like, it's so cool to be able to like, you know, get i guess decent at an instrument and then be like oh my god like there's this huge culture of people that also are just like not only like like playing it but are uh, absolutely obsessed with it and i feel like i've got a little bit of that in me whenever i pick up any instrument it's just kind of like this is so cool that i am honestly going to obsess over this and it's just it just leaves me it's just giant like Music is just like the biggest rabbit hole of all time. Now, um, so staying on that, who was the worst artist you've made a beat for? Oh my god! I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let me not. Let me not. Let me not do that. No, I'm just kidding. I know who it is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's you, bro. It probably is. <laughs> I don't put out complete trash on some of the beats you made. No, I'm just kidding. All my wow, music is man. super hot fire. I'm about to get off this. <laughs> no, you're not. You got a <laughs> long time to go there, buddy. Um, okay, so what is an instrument that you don't play now that you'd want to learn to play in the future? Um, I think I can honestly... I can get around any everything but like horns right now. And it's like... And like violin type, you know, in cello. Like I... That's that's a, those are instruments I'm, I would love to pick up. I um, I actually got my, a really cool experience with a horn player in LA recently, and we had like the coolest talk about just like he he doesn't play anything but trumpet, and it was like for him just listening to a bunch of legendary trumpet players with him, and then him explaining why he's obsessed with it. Um, not only made me want to pick up that instrument because i think it's totally different than anything i play but it also was like just eye-opening that like 
it's you know it's just so like people are just so passionate about like specific things about music and specific instruments like this dude just never wanted to play anything but trumpet like he mm. he respected every instrument but it was like this is absolutely where my passion lies so i think like having that experience made me be like wow i want to like see what he's feeling sure with that so yeah i think i think like I think picking up a horn instrument would be so cool, man. I can I I absolutely can do nothing on those. What what's your current favorite instrument that you do play already? Um like if you were if you were to have to give up every other instrument and keep one, which bro, one would it be? That's like very actually very, very hard. Um <laughs> I know, that's why I asked. <laughs> I I think I think I found like a really, really cool love for playing the piano. And I've put a lot of hours into playing that instrument. And yeah, man, I, I've put so much unbelievable time into drumming and being good at that. And for some reason, like this, and once I actually started to just click on piano and understand like what makes that instrument tick and how to play it and really like play scales and, and chords correctly and, and voicings and stuff, like I was like, oh, this is like unbelievable. So I think piano totally has my heart. So right you'd be P Rage. <laughs> I will never be P Rage. I'll die. That, that name's Kyle. I will trash. die before that. <laughs> I will die. Pianist Rage. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder why I have the name D Rage, but you know, you know why drummers Rage. Sticks. Get out of here. That is your it name. It is, that yeah. will always be your name. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no matter sticks, how much you shorten but, it, it's staying. Yeah, P Rage is. <laughs> You might be out of pocket. That's not. That's not a joint. No, that's not a. Jo- <laughs> that's not a John. Uh, that's not it. All right, that's not it for me. So, have you been following those versus battles? Um, so like the rap battles, the versus rap battles. No, no, no. So they're the well. So they put two artists against each other, and then they play twenty songs, I believe, and they go head to head on yeah, each yeah. song. Um, G- like Jeezy and Gucci. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not um, not particularly, but I have noticed them. Yeah. So if you were to put a versus together with two hip hop artists, what do you think the best matchup would be? Do they have to be alive? Nope. Okay. Um, but if you say Pac and Biggie, we can just go ahead and end this call because Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> typical, I feel like. Um I mean I've for some reason I I've always loved Big L. I don't know why I love that rapper so much. He's just so cool on every track I listen to. So I'd like to hear like current day Big L stuff. Um, so Big L and who else do I really love? I you know I've been listening to this artist or this this group. Um, sorry, I hope this doesn't like end the call. If I hop on iTunes real quick to check over this, um, but the this rap group that I've been listening to. I actually just listened to their album not too long ago, but they're doing just like some really unique stuff with music. Uh, oh, Clipping. Clipping. It's this rap group. Yeah. So it's, they, they put out a record recently that was just like super unique to me and had like this crazy sound to it. And the lead rapper, I guess, like I feel bad for not knowing a lot about them. Um, but he, he just has like a really unique way with words, man. And it was just so cool to listen to that record and hear him say like, a lot of cool stuff and like this the way he was wording things was just fascinating so i think a weird a weird mashup of big l and clipping 
hmm. would be a cool versus for me. I, that's probably the weirdest left field <laughs> shit. But yeah, first think, thing that came to my mind. You know, the first thing that came to my mind actually, and it's. Uh, do, do you remember Lil Snoop? Yep. I want to see him if you're still alive, making music and NBA Young Boy. I think that'd be an interesting little uh they're similar a lot of people hate on nba young boy i don't know why Mm. if i feel like Mm. getting ratchet sitting in my car like i'm driving down the road and i need to stay awake like (laughs) i thought i was an nba young boy i'll be good yeah i'll be good yeah i love snoop man i love i still is to this day like stumble upon just naturally on like social media or something like his old freestyles and stuff and just like crazy wish he was still yeah just wish he was still around the to to share his gift he would have had just this ridiculous amount of potential that went mm. untapped because of, you know, the tragedy of, of death, which yeah. sucks. Um, but hey, that's that's how weird life is. I know, man. It's it is tragic. He's I, I, f- I feel like Meek Mill and his team still have a lot of like stuff in the cut from when he was alive. Maybe that would be if they do, if they do, if or if they don't, you know, like. But it'd be cool if that it does exist to hear some of that and yeah, see what else was cooking. It's actually crazy that it's only until recently that these projects have been dropping after people died. Like Legends Never yeah. Die, Juice World's dropped after he died, uh, Circles uh, dropped after Mac Miller died. It's like yeah. we all knew that these artists didn't just already have everything out before they died and they just had no projects they were working on. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like for a while there, a lot of the artists that died didn't have music coming out afterwards. It's like all these hidden mm-hmm. gems that w- that we probably will never encounter. Mm-hmm. Like, cause Snoop has been gone for a while now. So yeah, if they were gonna drop it, I feel like they would have been dropped it. I wish they would. Yeah, because yeah, dude had talent. I I, keep I know wanting to call him young, but he might have been older than me. He was young, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm just a fan, man. I just, I like, I was like, a, I'm like a sideline fan that just kind of like whenever his name gets brought up, I'm just like, man, like, it's a tragedy. It's oh, like, he was like, 18 when he died. Yeah. Doing Jeez. so much for rap music. I know. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's crazy. That's, it's been seven years. Insane, man. I didn't even I'm realize sh- it's been that long. He would have been killing it. He would have oh, been killing it. For sure. Not even a question. I mean Mac too, man. Like R.P. Mac Miller, my favorite boy. I got his. Yeah. Uh, I got his uh, vinyl right here, sitting under all my stuff. I just got yeah. another one of his vinyls for Christmas too. I got. Yeah, a, beautiful, beautiful soul. I feel like just just a vibe, really. We're like yeah, we took a hit. Oh man, we took too many hits. It's like <laughs> I don't want to be like that. You know, some people are like, "Why didn't you take so and so instead?" Well, like, yeah, let's mm. not say that. Um, yeah, I actually have a, a most dope poster I need to put up in the studio. I nice. got I got that for Christmas too. Um, yeah, what is what is living in the pandemic been for you? Um, a lot of time to honestly like be around people that I love, but also like I'm I'm just so like tunnel vision, and it's good and bad a lot of the time, but like. I just I've wrote a lot of music in in this pandemic and a lot of it is very close to being done and is going to be released to into the world but yeah I think like that 
that for me has been so cool to just have like time to actually like hone in on being like a songwriter and like take that part of making music into into account sure you know this yeah. is the, this is the last episode of decent takes um for the year because this will drop on saturday which would be the last mm -hmm. saturday of the year if you were to summarize um what 2020 has been for you how would you summarize it i would say well i got my dream job in january and oh, where you're the executive producer for Lil Bibby? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I've, I've, I've dreamed about that since day one. No, shout <laughs> out Lil Bibby and shout out uh, G Herbo. Um, but I, I would say like just a lot of like just learning, man. Like not to be like so generic and to be like, I've just learned so much about myself. But like <laughs> I really I, I like really have. And it's been just beautiful to be able to like in a lot of ways, just like live a dream too. like, I graduated from school late last year and then like 2020 has been like just working a dream job and just being in the industry I've always wanted to be in. And so I think like 2020 has been disastrous, mm -hmm. but also like beautiful in the sense that like, like a lot of, a lot of what I've wanted to do in life has kind of came to fruition and it's, beautiful yeah for sure well so um so i was thinking about as you were saying that i don't know why it came to mind there well i have one question i want to get out of the way before i forget about it uh right before we got on this call i was just making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right and as beautiful. i was as i was making it i saw these banana peppers in the refrigerator i, I don't like, like where this is going at all <laughs> You don't like banana peppers? No. Oh. Not a fan. Not, um, not where you're going with this, no. <laughs> you don't even know where I'm going with this. And I'm so listening. I saw the banana peppers and I was like, yo, <laughs> I should throw these bad boys on this sandwich. See, why are you capping <laughs> like you weren't about to do that? I didn't do nah. it. But I don't know. Just something about it just felt like it was going to hit different and I was ready for it. You don't think that'd be no. a good combo? No. At all? No. Not I don't even, even a, know why that. I don't even know why that question was in your head. Honestly, not even the slightest bit. No. <laughs> you're so no. you're so stop wack. that. So tell stop. me why I was on the phone with my white grandma, and uh, that's how I differenti differentiate my differentiate whatever that word is. That's how I tell my two grandmas apart. One's white, one's black, and she was like, uh, <clears throat> "Have you seen your friend from Bay City lately?" And I said. <clears throat> who she's like uh can't think of his name was it p rage was that his name <laughs> was it peter <laughs> jacob <laughs> i was like i don't know who you're talking about <laughs> and then i think she said your last name and i was like oh griffin and then she's like yeah i i, I talked to his mom's boyfriend's dad mother some some long line of people mm of how she knows them but it was just funny um so my <laughs> the question i really wanted to get to <clears throat> is as musicians we look at music in a completely different way right so when we hear something we don't just hear maybe it's just me but i think you hear things the same way is that we don't just hear the the project as a whole but we hear all the individual pieces of it as well and we try to learn to appreciate those little pieces as a producer and somebody who's behind the scenes 
does it frustrate you um, when you put a lot of effort into making everything right in a piece and people don't really get to experience the entire thing of it, whether it be because they're just listening um, casually or just because they play it off their phone speaker and they don't really hear the depth of the sound that you spent hours and hours into. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I think like all of that tinkering and making sure that every aspect, it's a good question too, by the way. Um, I think, you know, making sure that every aspect of your music that you're putting out, whether it be by yourself or with people is, I think it's healthy, definitely. And I think it's always probably the best route, in my opinion, to go that that way and making it and making sure that like you're really loving every aspect of of what you're making um yeah i I mean i I think you know as long as someone's feeling something with what it is you're making creatively whether it be you know a product or music or or whatever like as long as someone's someone's feeling something out of that like i feel like i've won with that um you know whether it be like while that you know super quiet guitar part at three minutes is beautiful and that just hit me because i tinkered away with it or just in general like the way that this rapper is you know rapping over his beat hit me a certain way like i i think that all kind of factors into the same thing of like as long as you know you're touching somebody with your music it 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 matters um but yeah i mean you know i can't i can't lie as like an audio engineer and somebody that does tinker like 95% 95% of the time I'm making music like yeah it a little bit of me hurts like it's like the meme when you see like I don't know if you've seen it but like the dude standing in the corner of the party and he's like I bet they don't know that this mix sounds like shit oh, but yeah. they're enjoying <laughs> but they're enjoying the song like that's actually like jokes that go on between myself and like my roommates and like friends in LA that are all in the music industry like we do kind of have a soft spot for the people that actually do appreciate it and are like, yo, I took the time to sit down with my favorite pair of headphones Mm -hmm. and listen to your record that you made. So I could absolutely hear every aspect of it. And like, I, that's like my favorite type of music listener is the people that do put that time in. Um, but if you are just a casual listener per se, or just like somebody that kind of throws up their, their Amazon Alexa and, and plays the record while they're doing whatever, like as long as that's something that's like, um, you know, like putting your mindset into a good place while you're doing something. That's cool too, man. Like it's, well, I do want to say I have the Amazon show, which is the, the bigger one with the screen and mm -hmm. that, the speaker on that bad boy jumps like it's crazy. Like sometimes I think that that might be better than (laughs) some of the headphones I have in the studio. Some of the other I mean, ones. you're listening to get nerdy. I mean, you are listening in mono most of the time when you're doing, unless you do have two, you know, pairs of them set up in a spot that you can kind of hear that. But that's just the nerdy, like engineer in me. That's just kind of like, I wish you were hearing my my album where I was sitting when I was making it. Like yeah. that. If everybody literally did that, I feel like it would be a beautiful world. Not that it's not, but it'd be a beautiful world to make music in where people are actually just like a super appreciating everything that you've done to make the listening experience um, beautiful. Um, I, 
I see, yeah, man. I, I can often tell when people don't mix and master themselves because they'll send me a track and I'll be like, all right, let me wait till I get to my studio to listen to it. And they'll be like, just play it on your phone. And I'm like, bruh, you have so much to learn. No, <laughs> like, I, no, I'll wait. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll wait. Cause I want to hear the entirety of it. It's kind of, it's really, you know, on the last, ep- maybe two episodes ago, we talked a lot about the movie theater experience and how movies are 10 times better in a theater than they usually are in somebody's house because they don't have the same equipment that a theater has. And I think that a lot of times when we're creating music in these studios, we're creating this this masterpiece and the the little things that we put into it are almost like Easter eggs that only certain people are going to find that have the equipment mm-hmm. to hear them. Um, right. And even yeah. to be even more nerdy, <laughs> uh, people who can't hear certain frequencies won't even hear mm-hmm. some of the things that we throw in there as little little cupcakes <laughs> or yeah, little yeah. sweet pieces. No, just a kind of nerdy, like if anybody's listening, that's like a synthesizer freak, I guess. Like one of my favorite um, synth, you know, designers and makers, Dave Smith, that makes... Um, that's the one that did Mormonism, right? Yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to mute you when I'm talking. No, I'm just kidding. That's rude. Uh, I, I was fine but no, he, way. Yeah, my my roommate was telling me because we're both kind of synth nerds like that. Um, he Dave Smith had to send back or had to maybe get in return like people returned it or he, did, he had to send back um, some of his early profit designs i think of the most recent synth that he just put out because it sounded like shit because he is an older dude and he couldn't hear the frequencies that people were like this sounds like garbage Uh so like i think that affects everyone and i think that you know inevitably i don't know why i can't talk um you know you're gonna like i know i know i have tinnitus i know that i've been in so many loud guitar rooms at studios and a drummer like no and i also love loud shit i love guitar amps that go up super loud and just i like i just that's where i love to be in the music space and the studio is loud and it's just a feeling thing but like you know i yeah i mean it's it is what it is man music is feeling and if it and if you feel it in some way whether you can hear above 10k or not I, you know, it's, I've done something right, you know, especially, I guess. Yeah. I think that people don't even realize the amount of time and effort that goes into creating music. And I think that, so, well, have you been on the mic yet? Um, like singing or anything like that? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to drop too much. Um, but yeah, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait on that. You'll be be back on soon when you can. Yeah, yeah, I have, a, I have, a, I have a separate project that I've like. The reason I've basically been like in LA doing my thing, not being derage, um, is because I have something else kind of bubbling, yeah, which P-rage. is awesome. Yeah, P rage. Yeah, yeah, the sequel. <laughs> the yeah. sequel. Um, yeah. Well, why I ask that is because I think that as you know, you know, I I dabble my hands in production. Speaking of which, you would be so proud of the beat that I made the other day. Actually, it's probably Sounded. a month now. You would be, mm-hmm. you might cry. You might be like, oh, little boy's growing up. Um, but 
Because I think that the artist themselves usually gets most of the credit when it comes to the creation of music, because not a ton of people understand the difference between the producer and the vocalist. Um, mm. Do you sometimes feel like you don't get the credit that you deserve as the producer? Um. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think like there's been times where a song has been made and, you know, people have, have maybe more recognized the vocalist than actually the whole production around the vocals. But I, I don't know. It's, it, I, I've, I guess I've been fortunate enough that uh, most people that listen to the music I've made um, recognize that. I I've, I'm almost kind of an artist on the song as well because I've just like I said I've Not just been almost, lucky enough. You are you are, yeah. And it's it's you know people re- have always kind of recognized like the D Rage um, insignia or whatever as like oh cool they're like collaborating with this producer and he's kind of like you know it's like it's like when producers are features on a record you know mm-hmm. it's like they're making sure that you know that like enough of their mindset and way of thinking about music went into this song that they're like literally a feature on the record. And well, that's actually, that's how it, go ahead. Oh um, yeah. It's, I, I think that's how, I think that's just how it should be viewed. You know, it's like, it's no secret that it's like, it's an absolute fucking disaster sometimes of trying to just get the recognition that you deserve when you're not the app, like the main artist featured on a record. It can be really, really hard and, and honestly, you know, just kind of uh, makes it almost not as fun or not as like, wow, like I kind of want to get some recognition sometimes. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a complaining person or like saying that this has happened to me endless times or anything like that, but it's yeah. happened to people around me. Oh, yeah. th- it's funny that you say that because I've actually made the decision, I think a week ago, that I was going to start putting the producers as the featuring artists. Um hmm when I do these new drops in 2021, which I won't speak about too much, but just know that there's some crazy stuff coming. Um, And as expected, definitely branching out of my genre. That's all I'll say. Nice. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it's the reason why I always ask anybody who produces for me to keep their tag in to the beats that they make, unless it's like a ridiculously long one, but Mm -hmm. just so that, that, they can hear that sound deep like when you know yours you'll hear that on a lot of my music um it's because i want you to get that recognition i think that a lot of people don't realize how much work of it is already done for you as Mm -hmm. a vocalist um because when i sit down to make a song and my producers already give me the beat that song's done in an hour Mm -hmm. as far as writing probably less than that as far as far as just writing but the production may have taken two months may have taken two weeks may have taken four days may have may have been a 15 minute thing usually not (laughs) actually definitely not 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 with the mix and the master and all that and i think that Mm -hmm. a lot of times the people behind the scenes just don't get the credit that they deserve on on their projects that literally they are putting out because without the producers there's no background music and nobody listens to acapella anymore Unless you're yeah. one of those people that listens to those groups like uh, Andy from The Office at Cornell, the acapella group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you're one of those people, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really, uh, you wouldn't really dig that music. 
So do you think that there's something, I mean, I know what makes you different in the production world, but do you think that there's something specifically that you do as a producer? The One of the many hats that you wear, but as a producer, um, something that you do differently when you're making your instrumentals. I just think that a lot of when I was making beats and, and being a producer, I just absolutely fell in love with sampling a lot. And I think that I'm always kind of thinking from a standpoint of like, even if I've wrote all of the um, arrangement and, and sounds that you're hearing, I'm always kind of thinking of like, what would this be like? What would the song sound like if I had sampled something or sampled the sounds that are in the song? So I, I think that's kind of my unique thing, but I, it's just, I, I also think that like, I'm just so into like, I, I listen to a lot, a lot more music than I make. Mm -hmm. And I think that the ear that I put on to instrumentals is just, it's changing so much that it, it, my unique spin is kind of like that. I, anytime I'm in the studio with somebody, like I'm always kind of just, going to be trying something it's never like i'll go into a, a session and be like i'm gonna make a beat because i've made this beat 50 times over i'm yeah. just gonna kind of flip it a different way like if if you're in the studio with me it's because you know either you've heard stuff i've made before and been interested in this and the kind of sampling unique sound that i have with that i think but like also that like i'm just gonna push myself and you to make something that is different from anything you've made before. You know, what I was going to say was your unique spot was your sampling godness. Mm. <laughs> I remember. Well, thank you. <laughs> you made a beat. Uh, it was for Won't Fall Back. And uh, I was like, did you get those samples cleared? And you were like, they're going to be unrecognizable. And you sent me the source. And I was like, this sounds nothing like what you created out yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. So it's really dope That's to see that. Because yeah, there's dude, that, very different, there are very different samplers that they, they literally just take out what they did and maybe throw a little tempo change on it so that it matches their BPM that they're already working in. But it seems right, like right. you meticulously, completely change a sample to the point where if you were to send it to get it cleared, they would be like, this isn't our work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the goal, man. I mean, to be honest with you, dude, like I, I got really lucky in that um when i first wanted to actually discover a new way of sampling which was the mpc and and and, pers and i was persuaded to buy an mpc and, and get into it that way can you also explain what sampling is anybody who doesn't know what, what we're talking about right now yeah yeah oh yeah no <laughs> i just realized that and, no yeah and and i mean it's it happens so much nowadays that I get, and it's such an integral thing that I guess I just thought a lot of people are kind of hip to it. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, basically, sampling is just kind of, you know, taking a sample of another art piece, whether it be, I mean, I've sampled drones off records, just literally like one note that I thought sounded really cool from an, an instrument on a, on a vinyl, which is a lot of the time where I get my samples. Cause I just love like that old school feel of like vinyl picking mm -hmm. and shit. Um, but no sampling in essence is just like, if you hear a record in a hip hop sense, if we're talking about like beats, you know, you, you put on a vinyl, listen to the record, you know, a lot of the time I would listen to records just because I like the sound of like listening to older music or just, that 
that feeling of like spending two hours listening to a, a record just to find 15 seconds, which is why a lot of people love it. But if you were to listen to a song, hear a 15 second snippet where the guitar player in the band is just playing by himself with no drums or anything like that. And it's a just amazing lick or like what he was doing melodically in that part sticks out to you. And as soon as you hear that part that, you know, in your gut is something that you're like, wow, like that just stuck out to me in the hour and a half I've been listening to this record. I'm going to, in whatever way you capture that 15 seconds of audio, whether it be like a, you know, a music production center that I use, um, or you just use, you know, like an FL studio or a pro tools or Ableton or whatever, you know, digitally get that snippet of audio from the sound source you're hearing it from YouTube, an actual physical vinyl, a CD, get that audio, transfer it from that medium into your, your digital audio workstation in your DAW and, you know, do what, what you what do what you may with that sample, flip it, chop it, slow it down, add effects, you know, rap. I, there was a lot of times I would put the mic up to my mouth and sing along with the sample. And I'm not a singer by any means, but, um, (laughs) no, Uh, (laughs) you thought I was about to go into it. Uh, Okay. Bieber. (laughs) So, so a lot of the time I would like sing along with the sample. So it would be like this random kind of like off kilter voice singing what they were doing or, or the guitar lick or whatever. And then reflip that with the sample and just do weird stuff with my voice and the fact, but no, it's just, it's, it's, you know, like what's the saying, you know, amateurs copy artists steal. And I feel like that's kind of what I was, I, a lot of the time I'm doing when I'm sampling is I'm literally just like, I'm going to steal a part of your song and manipulate it to where it may sound the same. And I add drums onto it because I just absolutely love it. Or, you know, I just, I just basically fuck up the sample in any way I can to, to make a record out of it. So I remember there was something on Lucy's four. You sampled, uh, was it Batman? The dark Knight? dark Knight. That the was soundtrack. That was the craziest beat I've heard you make. That and, it's and so funny, sick. dude. I was sick that it was on Lucy's. I was absolutely sick that it was on Lucy's and out of my inbox. And then I realized yeah. that I don't even know what I would have done with that. Cause I would have just wanted to leave it by itself. <laughs> I just it's, put it on my album funny. <laughs> as an instrumental. It's funny. It's funny because like that beat is like me being like, you know, this beat has literally been on my hard drive for like two and a half years, three years. Let me just, I, this needs to be out because like every time I show that beat to somebody, they're like, listen, bro, you just got to drop that. Like, oh, for sure. Get, get like, that is too crazy to be sitting anywhere. Collecting dust, digital yeah. dust as I digital guess we would dust. say. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. I think it's just so it's so weird that I think that there are a lot of people who don't really look into music as deeply. And it's we're so biased as musicians that we think that everybody's no, actually, we don't think. But it would be our common consensus that most people understand these what are very intricate topics um, about music, like sampling um, and things like that. But most people would be like, I don't know what you're talking about at all. I don't mm-hmm. know what sampling is. I don't know what a DAW is. You guys have yeah. mentioned FL Studio, and I have still no idea what the heck that is. 
Yeah. Um, but to us, they're like babe, they're like Microsoft Paint. <laughs> they're like yeah, yeah. the building blocks of what um, yeah. brings you into music. So I think something that we definitely miss talking about is how did you even get into music in the first place? Yeah. Um, man, that's so like there's I feel like I've I've told this story and it's always kind of like different because I'm always like remembering things. If that makes you know, what well, I mean? it's because but, like, most memories aren't actual memories. They're just things that were planted into your brain by stories that were told to you. I say that to my yeah. little sister all the time and she hates. Oh, it. that's good. Yeah, yeah. no, it's good. No, it's. I think honestly, man, like I'd never, I never had that. I, I can remember like this upbringing of like, um, you know, like parents being like professional musicians or anything like that or whatever. And that's, it's totally fine. Like it's, I've, like I said, I, re- I regret nothing. I look back on nothing. Everyone's got their completely unique path and the way that they get into this or life or whatever. So, but I mean, as as far as I can remember, man, I I think it was just kind of like being young, and I remember buying songs, and like I remember going to the store and buying iTunes cards mm. to come home and like singularly buy the songs that I wanted to, and I would like you know like I, I'm, the earliest I can honestly remember being into rap music was like literally hearing, I think like very young, like a Millie by Lil Wayne and watching the video. Yeah. With it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, I almost felt like, um, felt like I was like too young to be listening to that. And then of course, like you hear like lollipop by Lil Wayne and you're like, okay, I feel like I'm actually like, I'm doing something that I shouldn't actually be doing with my parents not around. And I was like that young to where I was just like, this is like so explicit to me at the time and like whatever. But I think it was honestly just like being kind of brought up in like a digital era where like, you know, iTunes was around and like, I think I just had friends from a young age that like, were like, yo, like did you know, like had iTunes cards or some shit like that. And I was just like, got into music in this weird way of like, let me go, buy a bunch of songs and just like like listen to them and and, and it's like you know that's not even like one i mean once i hit like fifth sixth grade of being like i'm gonna be into drums that's when it was like an absolute turning point of like music is like the fucking coolest thing of all time but like before actually picking up being able to like read music and like understand like looking at a piece of music and like actually understanding what is happening and like why they wrote this this way it was it was just like you know being like into like video games and like digital stuff like that and like itunes was this digital thing that i just kind of encountered and then like all of a sudden i was like super young staying up till midnight to like buy records with like the itunes cards that i had sitting around yeah. and shit and like I, re- I remember being like super young and having like stacks of like spent itunes cards and just being like all i want like for christmas and all i want to get for the rest of the time that i'm getting like gifts for anything is itunes cards so i can like stack my songs so that i can listen to and like yeah so i it's so funny because I like I always try to think about like when was I 
really into music before picking up an instrument and it you know it was kind of just like being a casual listener of music and not sure being and not being like i'm gonna listen to music because like i love specifically anything about it. it was like i was honestly i was going off what i still try to make music for today of like i wanted i was feeling something like i would listen to a little wayne record and feel something from the way he was rapping or i would listen to like slipknot records or like Avenged Sevenfold or just like all this like shit that I was into when I was super young and being like a casual listener and just being like, I'm simply playing video games and like feeling something from music and not even really like knowing that I was like feeling something. I was just kind of like, I don't even know. It's like hard to describe. I was almost, I was like as casual as you can listen to music. That's what I was doing. But I was also like not even knowing that I was like feeling this. Yeah. So like, I well, think that you, was like, Oh, go ahead. Well, you said you said you're an energy person. So it makes sense that you wouldn't really know if there was a time that clicked because in all those times you're just absorbing the energy that was given to you and that right. energy made you feel good. That energy brought you something more that subconsciously you're digging, but you know, mm-hmm. outsiders like, Oh, I'm just listening to music. And then from that, that manifests into something much greater over time into you learning these instruments, becoming a producer, becoming singer, songwriter, all the things that you are and will continue to grow at and be in the future. um, All that stems from the original energy that you felt from those records that you were listening to. Um, Is there a genre that you prefer? Um, Do you have favorite genres? Do you have um, genres that you don't listen to? Are you on the general consensus that country music sucks or, or where are you mm. at? Um, I, I hate to say any music sucks. Like, I know that's like, <laughs> know very like, you know, it's like, it's that very like, no, like be nice kind of thing. But like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way of expression. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I definitely don't vibe with country that much and it never hits me. Um, maybe lock it, you the know, doors and turn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting like this, like this humongous, like rush of, you know, happiness when I throw on a, a, any, you know, certain genres. But, um, I think, you know, the most I've ever felt is, I mean, hip hop was like my absolute love for when I was young. Like, I mean, definitely like single digits and like absolutely being like, like, holy fuck am I feeling something from like these rap records and like you know like 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 I mentioned like early Slipknot stuff I remember being like not I remember being like literally scared to watch their videos and shit because I was like a young kid but I also was just like like early stages of being like I love like headbanging to this and being like just I don't know the culture I don't know I don't know how to play what they're doing but like just being like fuck yeah this is so cool so I think like that is definitely carried into like what I love now. Like I love metal records. Um, like I, the, my favorite shit right now is like this new Code Orange record that came out. Um, like that 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 record made me honestly feel like how I felt when I was like very young, just like casually listening. I was just like, I'm just like, wow, this is hitting me in a different way. Yeah. Um, but I, and I, I think now that like, I've got into a point where 
I'm I'm learning instruments and I'm trying to like almost like classically train myself to like know music theory and like read sheet music, which I've been lucky enough to be young and be learned and be taught of you know a lot of music theory. Um, so that's led me into like listening to like a, a like at, like obsessing with jazz and like wondering why like that genre is so mystical and then like kind of understanding i there's just i wish i could tell this story about an artist that i was in the car with um in california talking about this conversation of like when we both in our lives clicked um with jazz music and like why it's such as cool shit to us now but like he's an enormous artist and i cannot talk about that but it's like the coolest story but um well, you're gonna have to tell me who it is off air. You know that, right? I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off yeah. air. But it's, <laughs> it's, dude. That's what. That's. I'm glad you asked me to come on here because I, like, if anybody back home or anything like watches this or whatever, like, I wish I could tell everybody that I care about back home and that I was with when I was like cultivating what I was trying to do here. That like I'm not. I'm not going ghost. I'm not quitting music. I'm actually so much further along in my music career than I've ever been. Yeah. And like, you know, just, just know that like the shit's going down. No, I'm making, so, I'm making moves in silence. I'm making, moves making in moves. And I mean, I don't even like tweet anymore. I barely, you know, it's, but it's, I'm sure people have, been, I'm sure people think I've absolutely fell off, but anyway, that's man. I'm, doesn't you, matter. you can't fall off. You were never on. There's no yeah. way. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Yeah. No, we all no, know. We all know you're the uh, goat. We all know you're the goat. We're not worried about that. Mm. Uh, but then again, so, I say we as if I'm even in touch with anybody in the city. <laughs> I'm really not. Yeah, the mellow sister. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, dude, I think, I think, like, yeah, I, I love all of it, but there's, there are certain genres that you know, like hip hop, like heavy rock, metal, and now jazz that, like, just hit me in a certain way, and they just. Have you heard of every? Uh, have you heard of Claire Ernst? Have not. You need to as soon as we got this call, you need to go listen to her. She is yeah. crazy. Claire real, Ernst. Real, yep, real jazzy feel, bluesy, cool. um, super dope, hip hoppy, all that together. Super yeah. dope. Um, okay, so on hip hop, top five artists. I hate top five shit. Um not, in no particular order. Top five hip hop. Yeah, but not not okay. best of all time, but um, preference. Okay. Um, Suicide Boys, Kanye. Um, dude, I, I'm fucking. I have to like grab my phone. Got to go to, through like, that Spotify hot list or the Apple fuck, Music. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Kanye suicide, suicide boys just have like this insane thing that just does something to me. Pause, but like just absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> <Is that> pause? <laughs> big, big L I, for some reason, I always come back to big L's debut shit. Um, I'm, I'm on and off on two chains. Like I used to, I, two chains used to make me like actually cry laughing. Boy. Just, yeah. Just listening to his shit and just being like, this dude is just the God of like metaphors and just, um, Freddie Gibbs is incredible in my opinion. That's five. Um, that's five. Uh, no more. Is that five? That's five. Oh, okay. Say less. That's okay, crazy. Yeah. That's... I have none of those people on my five. 
You got to catch up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're crazy. I got Mac, obviously. Got Dr- Drizzy Drake the GOAT. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you got Ye, obviously. Um, shoot. Uh, Earl. Earl sweatshirt. Earl's up there. And then uh, I can't even think of who I put in five. Those are probably my, it's hard. Those are my top. There's too many four f- for sure. Too many favorites. Yeah, I know. Because the thing is, when you put number five, that means that's the end of the list, and then you're like, ah, it's not though. I got like I got like ten number ones <laughs> for real. Like it's hard to decipher and be like that. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna embrace my. I love Hobo Johnson. I'm putting him in my never five. Li- never listened. He's very. He's so spoken word. It's not even hip hop, really. Mm. I don't know. There's something. He sounds like he's crying all the time. I get it. That's why a lot of people don't like him. But if you really listen to what he's saying, like if you were to, if you go on to uh, YouTube and like listen to the, do the lyric videos of a lot of his music, you'll catch a lot of stuff that you never would have caught um, listening. And there's a song. I can't even. I can't even talk about it yet because. Uh, it's a part of the project that I'm doing, but there are, there are a few songs that if you if you were to listen to and really read through the lyrics, you'd be like, "Holy crap!" Like this dude is speaking a lot more than um, than people are giving him credit for because he's so different or whiny, as some would say, or or whatever. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Art, Everything's fine. Art is art. Art, art is, is subjective. Art. Yeah. I have a whole episode called "The Subjectivity of Art." I don't remember what yeah. that episode was about. Because <laughs> after a while, they all start to blend into me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just like, I don't know if we talked about this or if we did not. But I'm sure we did. We definitely talked about that because that was that was the name of the episode. What other um, spaces are you are you going into that you can talk about or do you plan on going to into the future? Um, as far as my so, music career. So, well, not even just music, but you're, you're already in the music space. So you're in the production space. You're in the live instrument mm-hmm. space singer songwriter space allegedly and then (laughs) are there any other spaces that you plan on going into to the radio again podcasting shows movies television dude what's your um, where's your brain at i i've always had this like thing of wanting i'm like an absolute horror movie obsessed or i guess you would say like it's it's something that i like literally like study like i don't I don't listen. I don't. I don't watch any other movies, but like the horror movie genre. For some reason, it's just like that weird part of my brain that just like just ticks for that. Um, and like I was watching. Um, actually, today I was kind of catching up. I was rewatching a movie called Suspiria. Uh, it's a horror movie about basically, and it's a long one, but it's basically about like these witches that run a dance school that like on the surface seems kind of nonchalant, but under the surface has got like a lot going on and it's pretty dark, but it, uh, I was watching it and I happened to catch it on Amazon and Amazon has this really cool thing with horror or, or not just with horror movies, but with movies where if you pause or like when you're skipping, I didn't, I didn't know this, that if you pause or when you're skipping during like specific scenes and, and different scenes, like they'll have little like, just facts about the movie on the side. And then like all the actors that are, I think in the, 
in the movie or all the actors that are in that specific like movement of the movie and then it'll and so i was reading i just happened to be skipping through the movie because i was trying to find where i what i left off yeah and i noticed that the lead singer of radiohead composed the music score for this movie and this movie is like and Suspiria is like, in my opinion, it's one of the best horror movies that came out past five years, but it's also very like beautifully shot. And the music is orchestrated in a way that it's just, it's so good. And I had, I was like one, I was today years old or today days old (laughs) when I found out that he did that. And like, that's always been um, a space I would love, 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 love to get into is to be able to, sound design and write music for uh horror movies and just be like absolutely obsessed and dive into that so i've always i've always spoke that in the fruition i've always wanted to do that so that's something i would love to do of course rage radio brought me more happiness and joy to be able to put people you know in front of a camera that deserve recognition than anything um so any you know any space that I can get into with that would be beautiful. Um, but it's, it's weird. Like I, I, I think I had so, so much, but so little going on when I was in base city that all the things that I was wanting to do, I was able to do. And I was able to just, I, I just found a way to do it somehow. And I was like, in all these spaces and, and doing all these things. And now that I've, you know, found a, a career and a job that, um, takes a lot of uh, time out of my week to go do, which is, it's beautiful. I, I, it's fine. I love it. I, it's like literally what I wanted to do. Um, that has put me like out of the headspace of being like, where else can I put myself? Um, so I, I think as, as the time goes on with this job and being in music and um, especially with the pandemic going on, like I, I was living in LA for six months seven, seven and eight months, maybe before this shit really like halted, like the way LA lives. Um, and that was kind of a bummer because we were my friend group and I, and like just people in the industry that I know were going out a lot and we're really like just putting ourselves out there and just yeah. going to our favorite bars and clubs and just like seeing what what spaces like you said we can get ourselves into and so now that this is kind of halting it um i think all the grand and you know ideas that i have in my head that i want to get into are kind of at a standstill right now so you know to answer your question like i think you know being in in maybe not just radio but just being a, a person that is in front of a camera and letting other people get their spotlight and like hosting that like you're doing right now for me is uh, a beautiful thing that is definitely part of like my DNA to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to get back into that. The horror movie thing is kind of just like the, a little like dream of mine um, to speak into fruition. But like, I, I don't know, man, it's kind of like music is just this ever enveloping thing that just like, like every time I kind of think of what, like what else I can do and what else I want to kind of like write down and really like bring into the world, like music is just like keep writing songs and just doing that. And I'm just in a period of like writing shit and just like 
trying to bring that art form into the world. So, but there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot, man. I, I think when I get into the point where I'm just like, okay, cool. Let me step away from music for a month or something. And like, like see what else I would love to do. I think a lot of things will start to open up and kind of show themselves. Yeah. I, th- I think it is when you do step back from, um, the things that you're already doing, it isn't until then that you see the potential of all the other things that you could be doing. But what's cool is that when you're almost laser focused on one thing, you really do get extremely good at it. And you really do um, end up in places that you never would have expected. Um, And I mean, we've seen that time and time again with people who have just really leaned into something and really blew up something. Um, just because they were so focused on it. And then when they do step back to open up those other endeavors, they become more successful because of the thing that you already had success in, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. Kevin Hart has success in movies because he had success in stand-up. Jay-Z, right? I mean, look at Jay-Z. He had success in music and now he's, you know, this it, the, one of the most genius-minded businessmen that came yeah. from rapping mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot of hope in that, which is super dope. And, you know, I've been pretty laser focused on this project (laughs) that we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, this is our last audio only show, um, Mm -hmm. starting in 2021, we're going to be switching over to video, which I'm hoping is going to work well because both of my co-hosts are gone today. And so today was supposed to be like the official test to run video. But who mm-hmm. cares? I don't need them because I got my boy. Yeah. And, and this conversation oh, one, is way long overdue. What? One thing One thing I wanted to, sorry to cut you off. One You're thing good. I wanted to mention and shout out um, on the front of what else I want, I've been doing and wanting to get into. Honestly, right before the pandemic hit, I was being told by uh, a couple family members and then some other people that I know as well. There's this organization called Notes for Notes. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. Mm-hmm. It's basically, I'm, I'm praying that I got the name right. I think it's Notes for Notes. But they are kind of like an association that has, I think, ties. Maybe they use the same building because when I was talking to them, they were in the same building. Or maybe they're just you know somehow tied with them, but with the Boys and Girls Club kind of thing. But they basically provide a, like a studio space for um, you know like under underdeveloped or you know kids that really just can't afford to even go out and buy a laptop in FL studio and get into this. And like, yeah, you know, they're, they're basically saying, cool, you can't do that. So not only are we going to do that, but we're going to give you this platform and this space that is a recording studio to do that. And I was right before the pandemic hit, I was um, in LA talking to one of the, I think heads, or I didn't know as a fit. I, I can't think of his official term that he used for what position he had, but he was, basically one of the heads of the Southern California department of, of notes for notes. And I was going to get involved in that and be helping some kids out. And then good old Rona. Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Then a pandemic yeah. stopped everything. Yeah. It is yeah, notes for so, notes. I just pulled it up there. Mm-hmm. We need, I need to open mm-hmm. one in Phoenix. There's not one bro, here let's yet. make that move. Let's that, make the move. You're going to move here. No, no, no. But I hate uh, you so much, bro. You know, we could destroy this city if you moved here. But you're too busy hanging out with freaking Lil Wayne that you can't. <laughs> that you can't. I wish I would cry. I'd low key cry. <laughs> I would high key cry. High honestly. key, high key cry, man. Yeah. But it, you know, 
it, it's cool to see organizations moving into the space of helping um, helping create these next artists. Because I think that a lot of the times we don't realize that the next Lil Wayne, that the next Drake, that the next Rage Against Machine, that the next Nirvana is sitting in their room dreaming up projects that they can never create because they don't have the resources to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there aren't enough real organizations that really tap into that market and help those kids. So this notes for notes thing seems dope. It's kind of similar to what the, uh, in, in AZ, we have the Alice Cooper school of rock. I think it's called, um, that they, they have like a whole teen center, um, here. They might have, they might have multiple, um, I think I'm familiar. Yep. It is school of rock and it's this insane facility um, in Phoenix that just gives all these kids these opportunities to learn instruments, to play games with their friends, hang out and just keep them out of trouble. And and I think that if there were more of those in different places in the United States, we could really cultivate a lot of passion into a lot of kids who would have never realized that they were as creative as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, you don't know your, you don't know your creativity until it's, you know, either brought out by maybe your own actions mm-hmm. or someone inspiring you. Yeah. yeah and, you know, for people like me who had to just, you know, figure it out recording. Um, I remember playing the music on my CD player, playing the beats on my CD player and playing and, and then wrapping my voice into the same uh, microphone because it was the microphone on my mom's laptop and recording them mm-hmm. both at the same time. And it had to be perfectly in sync. And 95 percent of the time it wasn't. So there's that side of the spectrum. And then there's like your side where like you had you had multi-million dollar home and you grew up with, you know, Porsches and Corvettes and you had everything handed yeah, yeah, to yeah. you. Um, yeah. Which is you. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Still to this day, that's how I operate. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but there, there's that side of the equation where they can fiddle with music and they can end up becoming successful because they had the resources. Well, let's create something, which is what I think this organization is doing, where we can make some type of middle ground for those who are less fortunate to really tap into their potential. And for those who are fortunate to come in and also tap into their, into their potential, but put everybody on this same level ground, which is mm-hmm. pretty dope. I think there's more uh, less fortunate people than there are fortunate, maybe. Oh, maybe for, I'm no, wrong. I, no, I 100% agree with that. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong to say that or make that observation. But I, I think that, you know, the people that are fortunate enough, like us, like I, I'm very fortunate, you know, to... Um, you know, when I, when I told the notes for notes gentleman that was, that was wanting me to work where I work and who I work for and what I'm doing exactly, he was like, like, you need to come and coach these kids and like show them like that there is kind of like a light out here and the giant, um, metropolis that is LA and that is very daunting for young kids that, you know, didn't have access to a studio at, at, at eight because their dad did it or didn't get a guitar for Christmas because they didn't get Christmas gifts in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's like the unfortunate side of, of, and the side that really gets me down about, um, you know, doing music is that like, it's just such a beautiful way of like expressing yourself. And like, like you said, staying sane, like it's, there's so many kids out there that are probably going insane in their lives and don't understand that, there's just a simple, or I shouldn't say simple, but there's a there's a tactic that can help you, and it could be you know music and and picking that that 
hobby, some would say, but, you know, picking that passion up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it just takes a certain a certain mindset to break past um, having passion, but no resources. And it takes certain people to help people to realize that their passion won't be wasted because they're giving them an opportunity um, mm -hmm. to to display it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Beautiful. Sick. All yeah. right. Give them your, uh, give them your, your Instagram. Well, you don't really social media, but give, give the audience people wherever they can find your music and your, your, in all your stuff, all your socials that you do. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm definitely, I'm, I'm active on social media, just not posting a lot right now. Um, but I, my Instagram is D underscore rage producer. Um, Facebook is just D-Rage. I think it's D underscore Rage Producer as well. Everything is honestly D underscore Rage Producer. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, any of the D-Rage stuff that I've done uh, can just be found. SoundCloud uh, backslash Drummer's Rage, one word, under uh, all lowercase. Or you can just look up D-Rage on SoundCloud and I'm one of the first ones that pops up. So that's anything that I've done is on there. But um yeah, come the new year, like I said, kind of new uh, a new side of my music career is going to be coming to fruition, and a lot, and that's all going to be major platform yeah. stuff. And we'll so have to have you come out. on promoting that ASAP. Uh, follow yeah. me on Twitter at the name's job. Do not follow me on anything else because everything else is deactivated. Um, and I think that that's all I got. That's all I got for the show, dude. Thank Word. you specifically Blessings. for coming on to this show. It has been yes. long overdue. I'm excited we got to make it work, even though I had to completely ghetto rig this entire studio to make this work well. But I'm glad We're not gonna talk about that because it doesn't even, you know, I was scared with the with being on Discord. You know, there's just so much that can go wrong with technology, but somehow we made it work. So thank you again. Let me make sure I hit the right button. Thank you guys for listening to another <laughs> episode of the Deezy Take Show. My name's Job. This is Griffin Kranz, aka Drums Rage, aka D Rage, soon to be P Rage. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. All right, thanks. Peace. Bro.